You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. Theologically, God's children are those who acknowledge and accept him as their father. God's children are those that acknowledge and accept him as their father. Father, in the sense of first acknowledging him as your sovereign. The one that's not only in control of everything, but the one that's in control of your life. The one that basically... gives you what to think, what to say, and what to do. You make it your business to think like God, your Father, or according to His Word. You make it your business to talk like your father. You don't want language to be coming out of your mouth that sounds like you don't belong to God. You don't want to be caught doing things that your father wouldn't do. Ecclesiastically, a child of God is a person that belongs to God's church and receives God's word from God's shepherd that the person in turn acknowledges as his or her spiritual father. Let me give you a verse to go along with that definition. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 15. Let's, let's, let's go there. 1 Corinthians 4. I'm just going to read it. But we're talking about children of God from an ecclesiastical standpoint. It says that you are a child of God that belongs to a church. But you recognize God has placed in the church a shepherd or a pastor. And you acknowledge your pastor as your, your father. First Corinthians, the fourth chapter. And the 15th verse. Y'all there? Paul said to the church, for though you might have 10,000 what? In who? Nothing wrong with people teaching you, bottom line. 
yet you do not have many. Then he goes on to say, for in Christ Jesus, I have begotten you through what? The gospel. In other words, he, he fed them continuously the good news or anointed messages which deemed him their father from a spiritual or ecclesiastical standpoint. Children of God are also those that have one thing in common, that being the blood of Jesus, that wash and cleanse them from their sin or unrighteousness. And because of that, they refer to each other as brothers and sisters. You don't call everybody your brother. You don't call everybody your sister. You, you, you say that from an ecclesiastical standpoint for people that have been born again. Is that right? Now, biblically, I want to show you what it means to be a child of God as well as one verse that says what a child of God is not. And we're going to start with that verse. Let's go to Romans, the ninth chapter. Romans, the ninth chapter. Verse 8. Ready? Romans 9 and 8. That is, those who are the children of the flesh... These are not the children of God. Children of the flesh are not children of If you are a child of the flesh, you are not a child of what? A child of the flesh is a person that consistently thinks, talks, and does contrary to the written and revealed will of God. A child of the flesh is a person that consistently thinks, talks, and acts in contrast to the written and the revealed word of God. Now notice I didn't say it was just simply a person that's not born again. I want to get in detail because when, when you say you're born again, but your, your thoughts, your words, and your deeds are always contrary to the written and revealed word of God, it's a question as to whether or not you are a child of God. I just don't want, don't want to put on the table you're not, but if you consistently do that, it's a question as to whether or not you are a child of God. Amen? It used to be a saying, everybody is a child of God. And we know that's not true, right? 
We all cheer. No, we ain't. We ain't. All of us ain't no cheering to God now. There's some signs that's going to say you are a child of God. It's certain languages that you that may come out of your mouth that's going to say to me, you're not a child of God. Certain things you do going to say to me, you're not a child of God. Nicodemus was up in the church, but Jesus told him, you got to be born again, son. He wasn't just in the church. He, he was a leader, a ruler in the church. But he told him he had to be born again. Because, you know, um, being saved at one time, and it probably still is, was like a little fad. Everybody, hey, I'm saved now. Wait a minute now. Now you're going to be saved and still cussing folk out. That ain't being saved. you cussing everybody out every day. That, that didn't slip out your mouth. You meant to say it. And you say it all the time. You ain't saved. Right? Let's look at let's look at children of God in a positive sense. Look at uh John, the first chapter. It's gonna feel like we're in Bible study for a minute. But you brought your Bible, right? Okay, John one and twelve. St. John 1 and 12. But as many as received him of Jesus, to them he gave, notice this, the right to become the children of God. To those who believe in his name. See, when, when you believe in the name, the name of God represents the word of God. The name of God represents the word of God. The name of God represents the redemption of God. The Bible says there is one name that has been given whereby, get this, we must be saved. When you recognize that Jesus is the only way to be saved, you are and, and you accept it and start walking in his word, you are a child of God. You are a child of God. Now, you may make ten mistakes, but you are yet a child of God. Am I right? Look at the verse again. John 1 and 12. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. To those that believe or have faith in his name, you receive God. You receive in the sense of you heard, you accept it, and you start living. That's simple. Amen? Amen. Romans the 8th chapter. Romans chapter 8, we're talking about children of God from a biblical standpoint. And, and we are looking at it from a positive standpoint, if you will. 
Romans, the eighth chapter. Y'all that? We'll start at verse 16. Y'all ready for one of my favorite verses? A set of verses. Ready? The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. How many of that happens to you? Holy Ghost lets you know you're a child of God. How many have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? So if you have it, you, you should, it should bear witness that you are what? Does it? All right, well, hold on then. It bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then? Heirs of God and join heirs with? For indeed, if we suffer with him, that we may also be what? If you are a child of God, you're going to suffer. If you are a child of God, you're going to go through things you don't want to go through. If you are a child of God, you're going to be talked about. If you are a child of God, you're going to go through stuff and you're going to wonder. You're going to wonder as to why you have to go through certain things. If you are a child of God. If somebody tells you that he or she is a child of God but has never experienced trials and tribulations and they say they've been saved for years, that person is lying to you. Those who live godly shall suffer persecution. You are going to suffer if you are a child of God. But but now, notice you're, you're going to suffer, but you're also going to be glorified. Now, to be glorified was broken down by Paul when he talked to, to Timothy. When he told Timothy, if you suffer with him, you'll also reign with him. Suffering in Christ leads to glory. It leads to reign. Suffering that comes from God is not something that God sends to be permanent. That means if you are a child of God and you're going through something right now, it's just temporary. When God sends suffering your way, it's not permanent. It's just temporary. If you suffer with him, you'll also be glorified with him. If you suffer with him, you'll also reign with him. If you suffer with him, you will also receive authority as an heir of God. What kind of authority? Well, Jesus, Jesus, our joint heir, according to the verse, he suffered with the Lord. And when he reigned, he reigned with all power, all authority in his hand. Say to your neighbor, you're not going to have all authority. But you are going to get a piece of it. Jesus is the only heir that received all authority, but he has the right to release authority to other heirs of God. That's the reason he said to his, his disciples, Behold, I give you power. 
I'm going to give you something that you can use against your enemies. I'm going to give you something you can use when your back is against the wall. I'm going to give you something you can use when you need a miracle in your life. The power that God gives you is not just for speaking in tongues. You can use that power to make your enemies your footstool. You can use that power to make yourself wealthy. Even in the book of Genesis, the the writer recognized that God has given us power, get this, to get wealth. Even back then, he recognized, look, God gave us power so we don't have to stay in the poorhouse. We don't have to stay in poverty. But you have to use that power in the manner that God has prescribed. Jesus, I'm going to give you power. You're going to be able to take up serpents. Bottom line, you're going to be able to, to deal with those demons that come your way. That's the reason we ain't got no business whining when demons come. God gave us authority to deal with evil spirits. Oh God, by a show of hands, let me see those that believe that. God done gave you power to possess what you don't have. See, when, see, when it, when it comes to your power of giving, you need to use your power based upon the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Because sometimes you in and of yourself, you won't see, you won't see naturally speaking that if you give a certain amount of money, you can come out. But if you will allow the Spirit of God to illuminate you, to show you what God has ordained for you financially, you will start giving your way out. Because you will see beyond what you can do and what you have and you will see what God has ordained for you to possess get this if you release what you have see see when see when fear comes because fear comes when it comes to giving you have to you have to attack that fear with the power that God has given you why Because you don't want fear to stop your harvest. You don't want fear to stop you from seeding in the present in order for God to send you great increase in the future. Even in the Old Testament, Jacob's Jacob and others would sow in one year and before the year was over, God would multiply the seed but it wasn't based upon them being good farmers it was based upon them knowing the season and the will of God and when they operated based upon the season and the will of God God in his omnipotence would bless the seed how many understanding we are heirs of God when you're a child of God, you, you're an heir of God. That, that means that you are going to inherit some supernatural stuff. Now, now I'm going to ask you something. You, you got really, to really think, at least for three seconds. 
Because if you can't think and, and understand in three seconds, it, it ain't going to work for you. You ready? You got to get this in three seconds. I'm serious. You ready? If, if, if this verse is right and you are truly an heir of God and a joint heir of Christ Jesus, can you stay poor? No. Oh, it didn't even take you three seconds. <laughs> not, not if you're truly an heir of God. Can I throw another question at you? If, if you are truly an heir of God, is God going to allow you to stay poor? No. I got another question. If you are truly an heir of God under joint heir with Christ Jesus, can you mess up yourself though? Even Paul talked about how, how some people, though they were heirs, they were still being treated as servants. You know why? They weren't ready for it. Say to your neighbor, God got some stuff for you. But he ain't going to put it on you until you get ready. You got to be ready in your mind for some of the stuff God is, is going to send your way. And you can tell some folks are not ready because they're still talking the same talk they were talking years ago. See, when better is here and better is coming, you can't be talking like it ain't present. If you talking like it ain't present, you ain't ready to be no real ass. You, you got to be like, good God, it, it's falling right there. It's falling right there. It's falling right there. Uh, good God, and it's getting ready to fall some more places. But if you're talking, well, it fell over there. I, I, I don't know if it's going to fall. You ain't ready for it yet. Because when you read it, when you see it, you know that God get ready to blanket some stuff. You know God get ready to do old Luke 6 and 38. Y'all ought to help me out. Good. Press. Shake it. And run it. Say to your neighbor, if you an ass, you got to start talking like an ass. If you're still poor mouthing, you ain't ready for it. We ain't going to be able. You ain't ready for what God has for you. I can't afford. You ain't ready for what God has for you. If you're ready for what God has for you, you'll get to talking not based upon what you see, but based upon what has been written and said to your neighbor, I talk based upon what I've been written and what I've been revealed. That's the reason I don't pull mouth no more. May not have a dime in my pocket, but I ain't going to pull mouth. May be still driving a clucker, but I ain't going to pull mouth because I know he that shall come will. Say to your neighbor, better is here. Is here right now. Is here right now. And it just ain't here for passage, just ain't here for elder, it's here for me right now. Yeah, I may work at a job that don't pay me a whole lot, but better is still here. And God can cause his benefits to come my way. You better help me one more time. Good. Press. Shake it. And run it. Why? Because I am an heir of God.
I wish I could get you. Ain't got a wish. You better start talking. I'm gonna get that. That's mine right there. Woo! I'm gonna look good in that. Oh, good. That's mine right there. See, because God speaks those things that are not as though they were. And if you are an heir of God, a joint heir of Christ Jesus, you have to learn to speak those things that are as. I found somebody to tell them I'm an heir of God. Can't stay broke. Can't stay in the poor house. This sickness can't stay a hold of my body. I, I'm an heir of God. God ain't going Let this thing consume me. I know Psalm 34 and 19. Many are the affliction of the righteous, but the Lord. Well, I done got too old to do such and such. But David said, I've been young, now I'm old, but I have seen the righteous forsaken. Get this. No, he'll see. Big and bread. I can't see my way. And don't look nothing but bad behind me. You ain't read Psalm 23. When you are a child of God, your testimony is surely goodness and mercy. What? Shed. Follow me. How long? All the days of my life and I'm going to dwell where? in the house of the Lord how long alright sit down and when you consider Isaiah 54 and 13 God going to make sure his children are not ignorant God going to make sure his children know how to think, know how to talk, and know how to act. You ain't going to be poor because God ain't taught you better. You ain't going to be poor because God ain't taught you better. I ain't got no amens yet, Lord, but I'm going to keep saying it. You ain't going to be poor because God ain't taught you better. You ain't going to be lagging behind because God ain't taught you better. You ain't going to be the tail and not the head because God ain't taught you better. Say to your neighbor, God going to teach his children. Yeah, he is. He going to teach his children. Look at, look at Isaiah 54 and 13. Look at the prophecy. Now understand, when it comes to a prophecy, a prophecy represents that which is present as well as in the future. Isaiah was speaking what was going to take place in the present, but he was also speaking what would take place in the near and distant future. Look at what he says here. It's powerful. Isaiah 54 and 13. Look at it again. All your children shall be taught by who? 
Say to your neighbor, God going to teach you. And you know how God teaches? Directly and indirectly. But he primarily teaches you indirectly. I said he primarily teaches you indirectly. That's the reason he says things to us like like in Jeremiah 3 and 15 as he spoke through the prophet, I'll give you shepherds. Why are you going to give you shepherds? So they can give you knowledge and understanding. I'm going to give you preachers. Why are you going to give us preachers? So you can hear faith. And that's according to Romans the 10th chapter. The 14th through the 17th verse, which says in part, how shall they hear without a preacher? And he went on to say, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Why is hearing faith so important? Romans 1 and 17 says the just, a reference to the children of God, are to live by faith. He going to teach us. And finally, he's going to send forth ministry gifts to teach us. Ephesians 4, 8 through 11 says, Empower that when Jesus descended, but then he ascended, he gave gifts unto men. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? For the work of the ministry. For preparation. Gave gifts in order to bring the children of God together. Why does he want to bring the children of God together? So he can bless every single one of them. So he can do for every single one of them what he desires to do. Are you listening to me? All of the children shall be taught by the Lord or the anointed one. The base meaning of taught is to show the way. I said the base meaning of taught is to show the way. That means as smart as you are, you don't know everything. Can I drop some more? The reason you don't know everything is because you are not omniscient. The reason I don't know everything is because I am not all-knowing. But thank God our Father is all-knowing. Thank God he knows every hair on your head as well as my head. You say you ball, yeah, but it's something trying to come out. It don't come out in every spot on the top of my head, but it's something that's trying to come out. And even those that's trying to come out, God's all seeing I can see. There is nothing here from him. Say to your neighbor, God knows everything. He is omniscient. That's the reason when you come to God, you got to come with an empty plate. When you come to God, you got to come, Lord, feed me. My cup is empty. Cause it to be filled. And don't just stop when it gets to the top. Lord, if, if I need some more, just let it run over and over and over and over. Feed me. Until I can take no more. 
To be taught is to be prepared. To be equipped. And see, one of, one of the things that God wants to prepare and equip us for is greatness. See, you got you, you to gotta stop looking at yourself as being mediocre. You got to stop looking at your situation as being permanent. You are going further. You are going higher. You are going to have more. Why? Because God's wish is that you be the head, not the tail, to live above. You ready? Only. Do you know what that means? That means it's going to come a time in your life to where it ain't going to matter what the bill say. It ain't going to matter how much it cost. Y'all ain't ready for it right here. Y'all ain't ready. What I said that you like. I done did all that hard preaching setting you up and you still ain't getting it. Say to your neighbor, it's going to come a time when the tag ain't going to matter. The price tag that is, it just ain't going to matter. Because God done told you, because you've been delighting yourself in me. I'm going to give you your heart's desire. I need, I need a sister to look at another sister and say to that sister, you ain't just got to sell for anything or anybody. Just wait until God fix it for you. Wait until God get it ready for you. Say to your neighbor, God is teaching you so he can pour some greatness in your life. So he can pour some abundance in your life. Why does he want you to have it? Because that was his mission. John 10, 10 says the thief comes not but for the steal, kill, and destroy. Why you come, Jesus? I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Will you tell somebody God's mission is for you to have life finish it I ain't preaching no crazy doctrine if you're following me I'm preaching Bible I don't see myself in that pastor you, you, you need, because you don't see yourself as no heir of God yet. Well, they said it's going to take at least 10 years. Well, what manual you going to believe? You going to believe their manual or you going to believe God's manual? God so wanted his people to have abundant life. 
life to where he repeated it in a different way through John. When John penned, I wish above all things. Y'all wait on me. I wish, help me now, that you may and even Paul so believed that God wanted greatness to get to his church to where when the Philippian church that was struggling at the time gave the Paul Paul penned in Philippians 4 and 19 because of what you did my God what Share, supply, what? Hold on, hold on. Share, supply, your what? Get this, according to his what? And what? Say your neighbor, God is rich. And when he blessed you, you're going to be rich. Yeah. Proverbs 10 and 22 says, The blessing of the Lord makes one. Yeah. Say to your neighbor, If God is blessing you, you're going to be rich. Again, Proverbs 10 and 22, the blessing of the Lord makes one, and he has no See, God's rich is not the world's meaning of rich. When God says he's going to make you rich, that means he's going to cause prosperity, success to come forth in your life in every single aspect. You ain't going to have no pile of money but not be in good health to be able to spend and enjoy it. Listen to me again. Paul told the whole church. He pronounced a blessing that was going to be for the whole church because they gave right. My God Share, supply. Oh, oh, yeah. Your need, widow, your need. Storekeeper, your need. Farmer, your need. The deacon's needs. Laity needs. Folks that stay on the north side, the south side, the east side, the west side, Villarica, Carrollton, Douglasville, Rootville. Say to your neighbor, every need. Some of us feel like. Who am I talking to? Children of who become heirs of 
and join heirs with if you're not an heir, God I ain't talking to you. And you can look at me funny. But if you are blood washed, Holy Ghost filled, leaping for joy, dancing, turning in victory, running, child of God. Woo! I'm talking about you. All right, sit down. Let me close. L- listen to this. He going to show us the way. He going to show us the way. And, and see, when, when you have been taught well, you listening? It's going to be obvious in your thoughts, your words, and your deeds. It's going to be obvious. When you done been taught well, you, you ain't going to have to say, well, pastor say, pastor believe. No, you're going to know for yourself based upon the written and the revealed word of God. You ain't going to have to say, I think. Let me get back. No, because you done been taught. When you have been taught well, you think, talk, and do according to the written and the revealed will of God. Now look at how he closes in Isaiah 54 and 13. Go back there. I'm closing. And great shall be the peace of your children. Peace. In the Old Testament, shalom. Peace. In the New Testament, a reign. Both have the same meaning. The number one meaning is prosperity. Prosperity. Number one meaning. Second meaning, happy agreement. Who are you in in agreement with? Because it's God's peace, you are in happy agreement with God. God tells you you're coming out and you you agree with him. You ain't going to fight him. You coming out of your situation, you in happy agreement. Thank you, Jesus. I'm coming out. God said, I'm going to heal you. Pain can be coming from the crown to the sole of your feet but you in happy agreement even though you in pain said God I thank you you're happy about it you ain't saying well it ain't happened yet it happened time he said cause everything God spoke it came into being so if God done said it, whether he did it directly or indirectly, it's going to come in to be. It's just up to you to get in happy agreement with it. Better is here and better is coming. I'm in agreement with it. Say to your neighbor, I'm in happy agreement with it. Don't tell me you believe better is here and better is coming. And you got that long frown on your face. 
If you believe better is here and better is coming, I ought to be seeing you shouting sometimes, dancing sometimes, clapping sometimes, giving God the highest praise sometimes. Am I right about it? I need to show you two things and I'm done. Two things about God's peace and I'm done. All right? Let's go to the book of Philippians, the fourth chapter. Most of us already know where I'm going, Philippians 4 and 7, but I need to read it. Philippians 4 and 7. Look at how he, look at how Paul, an anointed man of God, defines the peace of God. He defines it in a connotative way. But notice what he says, Philippians 4 and 7. And the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. Say to your neighbor, God will cause prosperity to come your way. And you won't even understand it. Folk be asking you, how in the world that happened? All things that God did it. Well, can you write a book about it? No, I can't write no book about all of it. I can tell you bits and pieces, but the way he did this, I can't tell you every detail because he just showed up and showed out. How many know God will show up and show out? Look at your neighbor and say, God, get ready to do something for you. And you ain't going to understand it. He getting ready to send peace your way and you ain't going to understand it. Who receiving this? See, if you, you being religious saying I got to go and pray about that, you ain't no heir yet. Last scripture, Isaiah 26. Isaiah the 26th chapter. We're just going to look at one verse. Isaiah 26. And I want you to consider verse 3. Look what he says. You will keep him in perfect peace. But notice, whose mind is stayed on you. You got to keep your focus. See, see, because the peace that God wants us to possess or to own is the peace that actually leads to perfection. I better read it again. Now y'all looked at me funny. At least some of you who I looked at. But, but notice this. Look at it again. Isaiah 26 and 3. You will keep him in perfect what? God wants us to have what kind of peace based upon the verse? Perfect. But in order for perfect peace to happen, look, your mind has to stay on who? Say to your neighbor, God wants you to have perfect prosperity. God wants you to be in perfect agreement with him. Complete agreement. Perfect prosperity. That means not only is God blessing you and, and, and all your needs are, are taken care of, but you're able to be a blessing to whoever you desire to be a blessing to. And not when you get your check. If you need to be a blessing to somebody on a Monday morning, hey, come by here before I go to work. I got something for you. 
you just put your whole check in the bank that Thursday evening, but you but you want to be a blessing to somebody that that Sunday. So so you go to your stash. And you get out your stash. What you want to be a blessing to somebody? I want to be a blessing to you. Hear you. Say to your neighbor, that's what you call perfect peace. A perfect prosperity. I'm going to stop. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. Thank you for listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. Please stop by our website for more information on our church at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Until next time, remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly.